Welcome to the Situation Report for September 20th, 2023. It's Lieutenant Colonel Murray. I apologize for being late. I had a bunch of technical issues getting the the live stream set up for for whatever reason. And uh, that was the Bus Boys. That, they were uh, they played one of Eddie Murphy's movies. I can't remember which one it was, but that's where they were made famous. And uh, it's called The Boys Are Back in Town. I figure it's a good way to start tonight, given that uh, it's been a, a whirlwind week of stupidity that seems to be ever-changing and it's just constant stupidity if you if you watched any of the speech today um that and yesterday that they've been given at the un they're they're trying full court press to push the uh the climate agenda and it's it's nobody's buying into it it's just it's, it's almost comical now it's like they're, they're just stupid 48 hours thank you elr or elps so um yeah, it's just been one of those weeks. And, and literally, my apologies, because I've literally been on the phone for the last you know, three days with so many different people talking about so many different things. Got a lot to talk about. Let me bring uh, Colonel Piper in. Colonel Piper, can you hear me? Good I can. Have you. Can you hear me? Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on. I, I it's, it's been a day trying to get this thing set up today. I, I was able to set it up and rumble and get it, uh, get it scheduled, but for whatever reason, connecting to rumble from... Uh, where we're at is was incredibly difficult. So uh, I was just playing a little bit of the bus boys to start off with. Uh, boys are back in town. I thought that was appropriate. So uh, <laughs> it's just too funny. But uh, I, you know, I'd love to make that my theme song because it's like it, that would describe this. The, the the three of us talking on usually on Wednesday nights is that we we cover so many topics. Uh, I was just explaining that uh, I, I've literally been on the phone for the last three days, and I've talked about everything from UFOs to the financial system to remote viewing, which somebody had to dumb it down because I didn't get it when they first explained it to me. What revo- remote viewing? Remote viewing. I I just oh I didn't yeah get yeah because yeah. you know when I first when they first explained it to me, I was like, it sounds like a bad acid trip. So basically, I'm going to put myself into a trance. And I'm going to write down whatever I see. I, but, in my, but isn't if, that what it is? That's pretty much what it, it is. Isn't that what they used LSD to to develop their capabilities? That yes. <laughs> to sleep as. Anyway, there's this uh, this guy named Dick Algier, and uh, I had no idea who this guy was. Like literally, no idea who this guy was. And uh, 
so somebody had to explain it to me and then they sent me this video and, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the website, uh, uh, futureforecastinggroup.com. And so I went out and listened to this, burned an hour of my night, um, two nights ago. And they're dialed into uh, Cliff High and they did an interview with Cliff High and they, there's five or six of them. And what they do is they, they each do their own remote viewing session and then they all come together and compare notes on a Zoom call and they record the Zoom call. And I don't know what to think. I, I really don't. Has and anything that they've seen been correct? Supposedly they verified. <laughs> well, there's the thing, right? Supposedly they saw the Maui fires and didn't tell anybody about it. Then they ate a bunch of crow oh. because they didn't tell anybody about it. And well, I, I, mean, I, I, I can tell anybody anything that happened yesterday. Heck, that's that's kind of worth because they that they were talking about this event that's supposedly on the horizon, right? With between 9/11, which they were reading on 9/11, they did their sessions, quote unquote 9/11, and then they did their their conversation and then they, they you know gave their their results of their session and they compared it all together and four of them saw a mushroom cloud three of them saw a bomber with dropping a bomb three of them saw people leaving in mass in a city with what they had on their backs and then they saw some kind of a you know men in a room monitoring these monitors watching things real time. And then one of them saw some kind of a court case or some kind of a trial that was in a classified area. And then at the very end, one of them said, you know, we could just be seeing reflections of 9-11. And I'm like, oh, you, you could have started that. You should have led with that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Don't wait yeah. till an hour and a half yeah. in and then throw that out there like, you well, kidding? no, you you got to get the numbers up, right? You got to get the audience. You got to and you got to rope them in. It's 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 like the old days of radio, right? You, you got to rope them in and make sure you got them. Well, you'll feel good about the fact that somebody sent me a a Nino video with this guy, can't Ryan something. I can't remember his name, and I, I sent you guys the video because literally this guy's. And this is again, this is my problem with Jan Halper. Right. So a bunch of people sent me Jan Halper and Tori did an interview and a bunch of people sent it to me over the weekend. And here's my problem with them. Jan Halper is in London. She's been in London for 20 plus years. That doesn't that doesn't scream. She works for DOD. Supposedly she works for DOD, but nobody's ever asked her who she works for at DOD. And then you have this other guy, Ryan Vale or Ryan Vay or whatever his name is, that Nino interviewed. This guy's Canadian talks like a Canadian, has the same Canadian accent. And this guy supposedly worked at NSA. And I'm thinking to myself, no, you didn't. I know what it took for me to get in the doors at NSA and how much ass pain it was. To go through the, the, the whole count, the CI poly and all the other things you have to go through to get in the doors there and get the IC uh, community to accept you. It, it is not a, it's not a little process. And this guy's Clear, he clearly read pawns in the game because the first five minutes is all him regurgitating the first five to six chapters of pawns in the game. I'm like, <laughs> well, every now and then, you know, Canadians can find a nut, I guess. I, I, I was like, wow, I, I've got nothing. 
And the rest of the, I couldn't get through the rest of the video because I was just so ludicrous. But this is the problem we're facing is that we have so many narratives and sub narratives. And then we have all these deep narratives that people have bought into hook, line and sinker that now anybody that comes out with any bit of hopium, any bit of information that's that's outside of the norm and people just flock to it. And then you, we, we spend all of our time literally trying to unwind it. Uh, that's what it feels like to me. Uh, call me crazy. Well, it, it, I, I listen to a lot more of it. Um, and later on he gets into the, what he calls the black hole of evil and the different organizations that are trying to, you know, establish essentially lockdowns, call it what you want, right? You can call it uh, 15 minute cities. You can call it, you know, control by, by having limited ways to charge your EV and you can't have a, have, have a vehicle that runs on gas, right? So you're trapped there. You're trapped in the 15 minute city. You can get trapped you know, by by having you know, digital currency. Oh, you can't go because you can't buy an airline ticket. You can't even buy a freaking hotel room. Or, you know, uh, they they create some pandemic that then locks you in your home and shuts down your business. It, it's all the same thing, the way I look at it. It right? is. It's a digital and, control. And system. all of these, yeah, all these entities that are coming at us in different ways. And, uh, uh the, the gentleman you wanted me to listen to last week, I thought he hit it dead on the mark. Estelin, is that how I, is, am I pronouncing yeah, that Daniel correctly? Estelin, yeah, yeah, I've been yeah, yeah. Oh I've my goodness, that, that guy was dead on target. I'm surprised he's even permitted to be alive. I mean, by, by their standards, he should have either committed suicide on a doorknob or died in a car accident, right? I mean, that's that's how they get rid of people. Um, so I, I'm glad this guy's on. Like talking, I just hope more people would listen to him. Well, Estulin, here's the thing with Estulin. He wrote a book called The Bilderberg Group. Um, yeah, I want to say it was like 2008, 2009. He wrote the book. It was a while ago, and I didn't know that uh, Alex Craner was good friends with him and talks to him all the time. And I was talking to Alex Craner about something else because he had done an interview with Tom Luongo and. I'm, I've held off bringing Luongo back on the show just because, you know, he's he does so many interviews. He's he's we, we agreed back in June that let's wait till October and we'll we'll, we'll do a round robin again. Anyway, he said that Eschelin's just as busy, but the problem with Eschelin is he's in Mexico. So he's hit and miss to try and get a hold of the guy. And I had immediate comments ah. with him. So, um, but he's he understands he's done the deep research on the elite and the first thing people said literally the first thing people said when i brought up his name was oh he's former kgb well that might be true but it doesn't mean the information that he's putting out isn't true right that the point right. of it is right. we're trying to find a profile and the motivation for the people that are running the show and behind the scenes because we don't care about the front people we care about the deep dark we want to know who the institutional money is behind all these people that is driving all of this, not just the narrative, because there's, you know, there's the trans narrative that's being run by the Chicago crew. There's the the, the uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, which is being run by the Davos crowd. Then you have the the Gates crowd and the Gates Foundation that's running the whole pharma, oh. you know, terror nonsense and all of the you know, World, Health, World Health Organization, et cetera. And then you've got Soros and his son that's running the, the uh, 
um, the the propaganda campaign and all the migration that they're all they all have their mission right it would be good to right. understand right because i think i i know everybody that's listening to this will will say yes when i say this everybody wants to know who the deep dark belly button is that's controlling all of this and i've heard several times well it's the intel community I don't think so. I think the Intel community so. works for yeah. somebody else and it's elements of the Intel community that's working for somebody else that's driving these operations. I do not think that it's it's our government that's driving this. It's 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 deep institutional money that's driving this that's convinced themselves that communism is the only way to go and we need to put everybody in a digital, you know, prison camp and monitor them with their thumbs on us. And that doesn't that kind of messaging doesn't just come out of the intelligence community. You know as well as I do how incompetent most of the senior leadership is in the intel community. I mean, most of them, you spend your time asking yourself, how the fuck did you get promoted? You are completely incompetent. I I, I know you had those conversations with people because I met general officers that were like, how did you get promoted? They, and so I, I don't, where I was going with that is I don't think and I don't see how our intelligence community could be that organized to orchestrate something this this effective worldwide. Even the agency, I don't see the agency being. No, that, no, no, that, I, that, I, that no, either. no. There's a, there's no way that that the intelligence agencies, all seventeen of them, could be orchestrating anything. They have enough trouble, you know, working amongst themselves. I think that they are, however, tools, in the tool bag of those that are in control and they pick the people that's in charge and they run that stuff. I mean, you can, you can look back at, you know, senior Bush, right? He's an old skull and pro crossbones guy, right? Skull and trained bones, yeah. In, or yeah, skull and bones guy, you know, trained from the beginning. Right. And so that puppet is put in place. And when they find out, Oh, this guy's really darn good. He'll do anything we want him to. We're going to make him president. So, you know, we're first we're going to make him vice president. We're going to convince him to go with Reagan because we know Reagan's going to win. We can't stop that. But then we'll hire an assassin to kill Reagan and then he'll take over. Well, the assassin didn't work. Right. Well, that's what happens when you hire the B team, right? Uh, you, right. You get yeah, yeah. Results. yeah. 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 You know, and, I, and, and, I, and we live with the results. Oh, right. Absolutely. Because. This, there's a whole bunch of stuff that that Bush said to include that infamous piece where he says, you know, we're going to create the new world order. Really? And who the hell are you? Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, right? it's like, yeah, it's like in my last sit rep. I, I had had a conversation. I was going to cover something else, but invariably, every time I get ready to do a sit rep, I get a call from somebody that, that prompts a different discussion. But it's it's amazing to me that we're three and a half years into um, post-2020 election. And I literally still have people calling me saying, trust the plan. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And, and literally, yeah. I tried to explain that. And this is a friend of mine that's another IC guy, right? He was he was IC guy before I was an IC guy. And he uh, he firmly believes that there's a there's a group that's at NSA that are civilians that are working behind the scenes with people that are extremely rich to write the ship. And I'm like, who would that be? Who? Who? Yeah. 
Who who would that be? I, I, yeah, I, I have a good friend of mine that, that I actually served with. Uh, he's an old asymmetric warrior dudes, and he tells me the same thing. He says, "Oh no, no, no! You know, there's, there's, there's a, there's this behind the scenes group working on this." And it's like, really? Yeah. Who, who would, who would that be? You know? Yeah, yeah. Who, who is that? And, and here, here's the, the wonderful, you know, story I always get when I say, "Okay, fine. You know me. You know you can trust me. You know where I'm coming from." You know that I'll work for the for whatever they're doing, right? Connect me. Oh no, 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 no. We can't connect you because you know they're super private and super secret. And oh no, my you know, favorite. You is, have to be vetted, you know. Yeah, yeah. My favorite is you'll get rolled up. They'll get rolled up if we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's yeah, eyes yeah. on you, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know, I got a friend that was Area 51 guy, right? I mean, he's been he was way deeper than I was into stuff that that, you know, he just smiles when you ask him about it. And I talked to him and he's, you know, his exact words. Because uh-huh. two things. I mean, let me preface this the right way. And I'm not probably not prefacing it right. It's been a long day. I had a board meeting today and I hate board meetings. Um, <laughs> but uh, you're not we, the only one. <laughs> we, had a, we had a long conversation and we were talking about quote unquote the white hats and and what that looks like and he's been around the block like he's been in some deep stuff and he's he just and and we both know chance saltzman who's the space force commander i i've served with chance saltzman he was in a different squadron when i was at uh when i was in missile duty and um he's a good guy he's he's not a bad guy i don't know what the rest of his career will look like because the last time i saw him i was a captain but um we were talking about Space Force, and I go, what do you think of Space Force? And his exact words, dude, they're all fucking retards, all of them. <laughs> if we're relying on Space Force, you have no idea to the degrees in which we are screwed. And I had well, to laugh. Well, it, it, but it's true. I mean, you know, it, they're they're trying to figure out who in the world they are. They're trying to figure out how to, how to fight, you know, as warriors when, you know, up until a couple of years ago, their their primary job was study to the sky and 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 maintain tracks on every object that flies around the earth right they have no idea they don't even know how to do a request for forces they can't organize a task force to save their life well and when when you try and figure out what in the world they're doing in terms of you know how are how are you going to man train and equip to fight your force right you find out that in now i come from the artillery world right where back in the days when i was a captain working at white sands we had a hundred people working in the directorate of combat developments a hundred you know we were led by a by an 06 we had we had lots of captains lots of majors we had scientists we had civilians we had engineers i was an orsa and you know uh, there were there was an I will use the term army because we were an army, you know, we were, it was an army of people, you know, doing the job. I found out that in their directorate of combat developments, and I, I won't go into details of who they call themselves or where they are, but it, how many people do you think are systems engineers and engineers and scientists working for their directorate of combat developments? Probably, probably zero because one, yeah, because they're one. the they're um, top heavy. They're all managers. Well, well, 
I, I, every single one of them is a manager of managers who manage managers. Yeah, well, go back. To there's not a TAM engineer amongst the group, right? There's not a there. There's not there's one Orsa, right? So, well, how are they figuring anything out? They're they're not it, because they're again. If you go back to Stratcom and you go back yeah. to when yeah. when Space Command was first stood up in the nineties, it was literally a subunified command of a subunified command of a subunified command that was staffed yeah. by people that had no skills. They were all administrators. And they've struggled since the 90s to, to figure yeah. out and put a framework around space, right? And space had four missions. They had space surveillance, they had missile warning, they had GPS constellation management, and they had launch ops. That that's what they had. That that was their that was their big their their bailiwick. You you'd go to the Cape or you go to Vandy. And you build a missile on the pad, you th you throw the payload on it, and you turn keys on it. It either blow up on the pad, you blow it up on the way up, or get all the way up to space. That's literally yeah. how it went. Yeah. And if it got up to space, you just hope that the scope dopes that were sitting in Cheyenne Mountain could steer the damn thing and get it into orbit. And now all <laughs> that's been automated. I'm not I'm not making this shit up. I I've blown up deltas. I I know exactly what. It no, looks I, like. I believe you. Like, sir, it's off axis. Sir, it's off axis. Fuck, I'm gonna blow that up. There's ten satellites gone. So, you know, I, and I'm being somewhat facetious, but the point is, is that they haven't had a they haven't defined their mission because it's not a, it was never a war fighting mission, right? It's like the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard never had a war fighting mission, so the the Navy always treated them like dog shit. Well, guess what? Now the the uh, Coast Guard's a part of DHS, and DHS works to, with Department of Navy, and the Coast Guard literally has more ships than the Navy right now. So, there, it, it the reverse is true, and now they're you know it's back and forth. The same thing's going to happen with space. They don't know yeah. how to weaponize space. They don't know how to fight in space. They don't know what to do with all the debris that's going to come out of blowing shit up in space, right? And we've oh, already that's seen. A, yeah, that's a big problem is debris, well, and, and nobody's about, dealing with it. Yeah, let me let me explain to the audience exactly what yeah, we're talking yeah. about. So, first space warning squadron was stood up in the the late '80s because we did after we did a bunch of launches to get GPS satellites into space, we did some testing and blew some stuff up in low Earth orbit and just a one inch chip of paint because it's moving at twenty five thousand miles an hour, a one yeah. inch chip of paint can destroy a satellite. So we had an entire squadron that all they did 24-7 was track space debris and make sure it didn't hit objects in space. And they would literally work with other squadrons to move stuff around in space so it didn't get hit by debris. Yeah, And, and we yeah. could track down to one inch a piece of paint, one inch, or insulation. You wouldn't think that a piece of foam would be lethal, but when it's moving 50,000 miles an hour or 25,000 miles an hour and it hits an object, trust me, it does a lot of damage. Yeah. And yeah, we had to we put it in an and just an enormous amount of logistics around monitoring space. And then the Chinese and the Russians and the French. Oh yeah, the Chinese freaking blew theirs up and said, Hey, look what we can do. And it's like, thanks. Yeah. Another twenty thousand pieces of debris. That somebody has to track, right? Somebody and, has to track. Yeah. I'm I'm and, still waiting for what what's that what's that garbage company? The the big garbage company, MW M M W Oh, you're Something thinking waste. Yeah, your um, waste management. Waste management. Yeah, yeah. yeah. WM. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for them to build, you know, the space garbage can. 
the, or the space-based yeah, garbage truck and just right? go up and, and collect and, that and, all. Well, think about it, right? And and work out a deal with Elon Musk, right? Get a couple of them up there and just start collecting everything. Oh, well, oh, you think this was important to you because, oh, it's got secrets on it? Oh, that's going to cost you, right? <laughs> How come I can't harness that energy and turn it into a business model? Because that's a perfect business model. Oh, yeah. Go to Elon. Okay, Elon, what we want to do is we'll throw some tow trucks up in space. And then we want to go, you know, throw a trailer ball under the radiator of all these different satellites. And then we're going to drag it into higher orbit. And then we're going to ransom it all up. Are you up? Because we'll we'll split the profits with you. Are you? Yeah. You're in for this? <laughs> Uh, I'll split it 60-40. You take the 60, I'll take the 40. We're, we're going to live <laughs> pretty damn good. <laughs> well, but the, the bigger side of that, though, and why I'm talking about Space Force, why we're, we're having this discussion, is that both Colonel, Colonel Piper and I have been read into the, read into the, the community, and we understand how it works. We, and I understand how you know satellite moves through orbit. I understand what it takes to command a satellite. I understand how much inertia it takes to yeah. keep a satellite yeah. in orbit. And once a satellite reaches end of life, they boost it into high Earth orbit because you, it, once it's out of fuel, it starts, it's always, a satellite's always moving. It's always tumbling or it's, yeah. it's moving. Yep. So when it, when it comes around to a station where you can get eyes on it, because you don't always have eyes on it. And what happens is you have these guys in a room that are doing orbital analysis. They're, 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 doing a bunch of math to figure out if it's if it's still in in the right orbit if it needs to be moved if it's low if it's high they do a lot of math to make sure it's in, the, in whatever band it's assigned to and once it reaches end of life or it's out of fuel it's not like you just send a tow truck up there and you hook it up and you bring it back down you either let it come back down and burn up or you boost it into higher you boost it into high orbit so it never has right. a chance of coming they, back they call it parking in the debris field yeah well <laughs> yeah and that's literally what they do and, and why this is important is that there's a there's a lot of misconceptions about what space force is doing what space force can do what their mission is what their role is and i've i've heard so much nonsense around we have all the receipts we have all of this we we have all of the information and space force has got all of it that that's not how space force works the collection assets for the country is NSA. They collect, their their job is signals intelligence. They built immense data centers all over the world to monitor and capture traffic. That's their job. If anybody has the data, it's NSA. It is not Space Force. Space Force manages the bus and they manage the payload. A satellite is two parts. It's a bus and it's a payload, meaning right. there's... There's a there's a piece of equipment on that satellite that's controlled by engines and thrusters that's called the bus. Whatever that payload is, they may not own it. They may not even see it. They may not even talk to it. They just monitor to make sure that it's alive and that it's still it's still beaconing a signal so they can command it. But they may not control the payload. They definitely don't control the stream up or the stream down. That's controlled by somebody else. NRO is the only is the only agency I know of, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Ralph, because I think you know better than I do in this one. NRO is the only one that had complete control of the bus and the payload for the satellites that they control, and the whole the whole space game until Space Force was created was done by every single 
every single service. So the Navy has satellites, Air Force has satellites, the Army would have space people working on Air Force, working with Air Force on satellites because they had, they had payloads that were on Air Force satellites. You had NRO that had their own constellation, CIA that had their own constellation that either NRO controlled or they had control of, depending on, you know, how classified it was and what it was supposed to do. There's, it was the Wild West. And Space Force has only been in existence in two years. Let me tell you how long it took the U.S. Air Force in 1947 when they created the Air Force, how long it took them to get on their feet. It took them almost five years to get on their feet. They may have had strategic yeah. bombers. Yeah. They may have had fighters. But it took them five years to get organized. Space Force is yeah. in year three, which means they're still pulling their boots up. They don't yeah. have nearly the organization that people think they do. So correct me if I'm wrong, but anyway. Oh, no. you're you're. You're right. They're they're figuring it out. Yeah. And and but, eventually they will figure it out. We all we all know that, right? But in the meantime, you know, they're 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 just not there. Yeah, they, they don't they got a ways to go. And they're and, not a and war fighter. Part force. of what they're doing now now, granted, they're doing good things, right? One of the good things that they're doing is they the, to to fill out their numbers, right? Of which if you think about them being their own force. Right. Their their own force started even with just the basic transfer from the Air Force of about eight thousand. They were granted to reach a maximum of eighteen thousand. Now think about that. <laughs> in respect to how many sailors are in the Navy, how many airmen are in the Air Force, and how many soldiers are in the Army, right? Uh, no comparison. Right. But you know how they filled their numbers? They literally recruited from all the services and then they asked for partial, you know, limited transfers from all the services to man their force so they could actually do real work. And, and, and they're doing it right. And so you've got Navy commanders, you've got Marine lieutenants, you've got, you know, Army captains and majors. And you've got Air Force types, right? And some of them actually transfer over to the Space Force, right? And become uh, Guardians. Great name. God, you know when you say, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say this out loud because somebody has to say it. If you're a Marine or you're in the Navy wearing the whites, there's no way you're going to that star, half Star Trek, half Battlestar Galactica uniform thing that they came up with. I would I would not put that on my body. I am sorry, but that the whole, you know, Star Trek chevrons around the 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 hat and the Battlestar Galactica jacket. It's like those guys have watched way too much sci-fi. They they should have <laughs> kept it simple, but they just couldn't help themselves. And no, no, they, no. And 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 you you know the symbol because you you were in you were related to the missile forces, right? So you know, they like to use the delta, right? The, the the gray delta that's on all of their stuff, yeah. right? And now they're that's what they're organized into. They're not organized into divisions or squadrons or, uh, you know, carrier fleets or, you know, MEGTAFs. They're organized into deltas. Yes. Right? What does so, that even mean, right? <laughs> I mean, what does it mean? What's a delta? It's, 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 when I say delta in the workforce, I'm trying to figure out what's the difference between what what's we the can difference? do and right. what we say we can do. That's what's the delta there, right? That's what. So right. does that mean 
they, they've organized to what they say they can do and what they can actually do. And that's maybe a couple of dudes and a bottle of whiskey. I mean, what, what is that? <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great to watch. It's great to listen to them. It's great to see where they're trying to go. You know, and here's, here's the other weird part, which caught me off guard uh, the first time I saw it. You, you know how on all of the uniforms nowadays, they all have Velcro, right? And so you put Velcro patches on and, and there's good reasons for having Velcro patches here, there, and everywhere. And, and you know, I can, I can go from first armor division to 18th airborne Corps, and I don't have to, you know, take it into the tailor. I just buy a new patch, pull off the old one and slap the new one on. That's all great and wonderful. Their patches are not cloth. Their patches are like a rubberized plastic. Oh, they're PVC. Yeah, it's PVC. I know what they are. Yeah. It's hysterical. What, why would I they look do at that, that to themselves? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, really, why would they do that to themselves? That would be, I mean, that's, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just too enjoyable. Right? Well, yeah, you can't, you can't make it up, right? Because you're like, wait, what? No, no, no. <laughs> Literally, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You tilt your head like the dog, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> you. Pavlovian. You put that on yourself, really? <laughs> yeah, Pavlovian. Yeah. And <laughs> hey, you know what's funny about it though is that, uh, um, well, two things funny about it. The first one is is that they. I don't know if it's the like the good idea fairy shows up, but you know how it is. Any staff is there's always oh. a good idea fairy that shows up, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have yeah, the worst yeah. ideas ever. It seems like they had no, a room no, no. full Do of you... good idea fairies, and they all got together and agreed, which was even scarier. No, no, no. We 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 had a different name for that. We call them gobies. Gobies. What's a goby? Yes, a general a different... officer bright idea. Oh, it was the it was the fe most idea. feared thing in any staff. It's a freaking goby. It's like, no, this is going to distract us for the next 48 hours. No. I have never heard that before. I am going to shamelessly <laughs> use that and call that my own. That is fantastic. Goby. Oh, you just can't make that up. That's awesome. I, I You know, the, but it's true, right? I, I mean, yeah. it's yeah, true. It's true. They, they just, they come up with really bad ideas and then they continue to perpetuate those bad ideas. Well, and worse, you end up with the staff officers that really want to get promoted. It's like they want to get promoted so freaking bad. It hurts. Yeah. Right? And they'll do anything. It's like, oh, sir, I'll take this on. I will own this. It's like, oh, God, no. Please, yeah. come on. Can we make, all just stand up and go, sir, this is a really bad idea. Yeah. Make them stop, please. Make, right. make, stop. make them stop. stop. Yeah. It, it, what we're discussing, folks, so just, just so you understand, is on every staff <laughs> and why this why this is relevant to the conversation is that when we're if you're if you're hearing stuff about Space Force, we're being facetious about it because we've both been on brigade and division and I've been on core staffs and I've been at at, at U.S. Pacific Command. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've been, been a UCOM, big staff. So, yeah. yeah, we've been on joint staffs. Anytime you're on a staff. Right. There's always one or two dipshits that spend their whole time butt snorkeling to get ahead to try and make the next rank. And it, it it literally sets the tone for the entire staff. Right. And the guys that that shine, the, the men and women that shine through in a staff 
are the ones that have common sense. They're doing the work. They're they're not worried about the notoriety. They don't. They're the technical experts. Yeah, that's right. that's the people that you rally around, right? You make fun of the butt snorkelers because they're like, "Sir, that's an amazing opportunity. I'll, I'll take that on, and I'll make sure that that's successful because it's it's good for the command, sir." And you're like, "God, can you just butt snorkel more?" Because they don't offer any value, right? There there's three kinds of officers, right? There's the gunslingers that only brandish their weapon when it when it makes them look good. There's the gunfighters that Colonel Pipe and I are both gunfighters. We, we, yeah. our, our guns dirty, our guns been used. We're, we're dirty. And then there's the whole, you know, showman that sits there, looks pretty, never brandishes his weapon, never does anything. They just, that, that's the butt snorkeler and, and people just, just hate them. And imagine space force full of those kind of people at the, at the, the command level, trying to set it up. And then you could understand why we're saying what we're saying, because that's exactly what's happening right now. And I've been, that's been corroborated by probably five or six different people. And what I'm trying to put to rest here and what I'm trying to get people to realize is that the capabilities that are being pushed across all of alternative media right now is that Space Force has all these capabilities. We're trying to put to rest. They don't have these capabilities. And if they do have these capabilities, they don't have the manpower, the logistics to be able to use those capabilities to their full extent. They're still trying to get their boots on. And it takes time for any organization, especially in this environment, it takes yeah. an incredible amount of time to get an organization to stand up yeah. and be, to be mission capable. Because that's a piece we've been circling around. We haven't talked about is mission capability. We don't even know if they're mission capable yet. And that's, we're talking about, there's, well, units right. that were at Cheyenne Mountain right. and, that have and, moved down and, to right. there, is it Shriver now? It's it Shriver. was Falcon. Is it Shriver? I think it's Shriver now in Colorado Springs because you got the Springs right, and then you've got off of right. that you, you got, got the, the, Nash, the the NTC, the National Test Center, and then you got Shriver be, and Peterson. Peterson, right? That's what I was thinking of was, was Peterson. So you know they're they're all those all those if they're reorganizing all of those squadrons and they're trying to get them set up with all these different branches of service, that's going to take years to flush that out. Years. Cause I, I, well, I, I and, and it's not see that the challenges is, is it's not that just them, right? So the Navy is reorganizing because they're going into distributed maritime ops. That's a whole new ball of wax for them. The Army is reorganizing because they're creating these multi-domain task forces. They're trying to figure out which way is up in terms of, you know, uh, uh, ways not to just, you know, lob steel and kill people. Uh, the, the Marines, I mean, the, the Navy literally stripped the Marines mission from them and made them shoreborne, you know, terrestrial guardians. Um, those guys should be fighting tooth and nail to get their their real mission back. Um, well, I, and, how and, can they know, take amphibious warfare away from the Marines? I mean, come on. And what is well, the, they what have is that. They have that, but but it's it, their amphibious warfare concept, right? Is is that you're going to own islands and and dirt? What's well, not amphibious? That's that's the army locked on a stick and island. You still you still got to get on the island. You still got yeah, to get there. Position. Right, right, yeah, right, that's... right, right. So, so over the past few years, right, 
somebody and and now we're going back to you know the bigger picture right somebody is dismantling our capability well that would be the the entire right? apparatus and then you computer. then you throw in all the other social cultural crap right that they've thrust on these people and then you give them the jab right so that if they do go into a stressful situation, the myocarditis is going to flare up and they're going to get a heart attack, right? We have been decimated. Yeah. Literally what, decimated. What did, what did you, what was the term you used for the Navy? What's their new, their new model? Oh, distributed maritime operations. What does that even mean? Uh, it means that there will no longer be carrier strike groups. Okay. So carrier strike groups are easy to find. They have too much shit around them. And you can and and everybody with anything in the sky. So we're looking at, you know, Chinese and I not not. And here's the other bad part. Right. So not only the Chinese who can find you, not only the Russians who can find you, not even the Iranians who can find you, but the frickin French who will find you and sell the pictures to whoever pays enough. Right. Right. So a carrier strike group can be found by frickin anybody. You know, uh, Google can find them today. That's true, but we've invested, right. we've invested all this money in integrated air defense and in the Aegis cruisers and all of that Link Four, Link Eleven stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good luck to shooter stuff. No, no, no. no. Good luck with that. When I swarm you with three hundred and fifty, you know, anti-ship missiles, or you're not going to survive that, or right? Drones. Because you or, know or be a drones. swarm of drones. Yeah. That's right. right. So that's so, what it really is. We're moving our ships apart. Yes. Give them a fighting chance so that yes. they can zero in on one ship with 300 drones yes. instead of 20 ships with. Yes. Yeah, okay. So yes. we're back to the whole, you know. Um, no, we're back to to what uh, cruisers. Yeah. What was what was the old ship that could fight on its own? Wasn't that a cruiser? It was a battleship. No, 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 no. Before that. Before oh, the battleship. You're talking about the the dreadnought. Oh, no, not the dreadnought. Before the dreadnought. The uh, before that. I think they were called cruisers. Uh, cruisers were wooden ships with lots of guns, right? Had a, a platoon of Marines on board, right? And could literally operate on their own. Man of War is what it was. Yes. yes, 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 yes. It took me. I'm not a Navy guy, so it took me a while to come. Yeah, up me neither. So you know, yeah, it, you know, it takes us a while to find the right term. By the so, way, yeah. if there's any Navy guys out there, feel free to correct us. It won't hurt. Yeah, us. yeah, yeah. Please put you it. Know, we're not Navy yeah. historians here. But yeah, yeah. We're we're basically calling out the fact that the uh, the whole but uh, but model see of the warfare is changing. Yeah, right. The whole model of warfare is changing, right? And so all these changes are occurring simultaneously. The the hope and prayer, right, is that they're doing it in unison and doing it together, talking to each other in some form of purple you know, joint thing so that when they do do all this, they can fight as a team, right? That That's the only prayer we have to keep right now because everything else is being destroyed. It's being ripped apart and torn apart and, and, and you know, we're back to gobies, right? It, whose bright idea was to do this or that or whatever, right? Well, you remember the missile And now we're getting into the congressional problem of, Oh, I'm trying to do all this great stuff. I've ripped myself apart. I'm waiting for the next tranche of money. And Congress is arguing amongst themselves like a bunch of high school sophomores, 
you know, that can't get along in the lunchroom. You well, know, you remember the, do you remember the, uh, uh, the missile ship? Remember that in the 90s, 80s, 90s? The, Arsenal the, ship. Yeah. Then the yes. Navy was like, we're, we're going to, yes. we're going to build the Uber ship with like, yeah, the, the Uber ship for littoral warfare. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah, yeah I was, yeah. I remember as artillery a, guys, we thought it was great. It's like super, you're going to get in close enough to support us and give us all sorts of firepower. Nice. Nice. We'll hide in the wood line and just call for you. Well, I was in a briefing with a, I was a captain at the time and I was in a briefing in the Pentagon and they were briefing the yeah. missile ship and an Air Force guy raised his hand and literally said, what happens when you run out of missiles? End of the missile ship right there. Like it just vanished. <laughs> no, they actually, no, I, I, I read about this long time ago. I can't even remember where I was at the time. I can't give you the year or date, um, but they had a way of having a having like two ships on the line, right? One would be getting rearmed and refitted by some, you know, you know, supply logistics ship, you know, away from the fight, right? And would steam in and replace the guy that's expending his ordnance. And then he would go back to this ordnance ship, right, and get rearmed and refitted and and then come back and replace the other one. So they actually had an answer to your question. I'm surprised that whoever was briefing it was clueless to what that answer was. Or because of that bad answer, you know, they threw a bunch of guys at it and said, oh, we need an answer to this. Oh, here's here's how we do that. Right. That could have come after. But I'm yeah, sure that, came that after whole program because... died a horrible death. Oh, yeah, it did. Uh, I yeah, just yeah. remember yeah. it was it was there and then it wasn't. It was the story yeah. that just went away. Yeah, yeah. So and they hide those. They hide those failures. You know, I mean, you bring it up two months later, and everybody will look at you like it never existed, right? And we wonder where gaslighting comes from. Yeah, it's amazing where that comes. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I got to run. I'm sorry. Uh, it's 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 getting late for me. I I got I got home duties. I got to go do. No worries. Appreciate you jumping on. Appreciate the conversation because I think this was helpful. It gives people perspective. And yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. All right, brother. You take care. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. Out here. Well, sorry about that. Um, the, the point of tonight, what we wanted to talk about, what we wanted to get to, was we wanted to outline probably five different things. What we, we got to one, which is... Um, what Space Force is capable of. I want to put that to rest because there's there's so much information where people are talking about it. And it's clear that people don't understand how the military works and how the, the legacy organizations within the military are set up. When you, when you put together a unit, you have to build what's called a unit manning document. That goes all the way back to World War II, literally. And when, when you take forces away from a service they have to write those forces off and take those out of their unit manning documents which means they're taking one unit from one service and they're putting it into another service it's not a it's a one-for-one -one deal so you're talking about taking people from every service moving them over to space force and calling them space force um well space force billets for lack of a, a better word for it but it's a space force uh, personnel document. And why that's important is it takes a long time to do that. 
my the unit that I was in that I ultimately commanded and retired from, that unit was stood up in 1998, and it didn't get fully operational until 2002, and then it took from 2002 until 2008 to get fully manned. And that was robbing Peter to pay Paul. We were pulling units, pulling people from other other units, you know, from signal, from intelligence, from uh, a variety of different MOSs to bring them into this unit and call it a cyber unit or call it a, you know, information warfare, information operations unit. It took a lot of time, a lot of energy and a lot of planning to be able to do that. But the Army, just like all the other services, They've operated under a certain framework for how many years? And they have for, forces apportioned to them by by Congress and congressional mandate. So when you create a new force, you have to you have to literally limit the number of forces from all of these other branches and then move them into the new branch. And that takes a significant amount of time. And why it's important is that people are given Space Force credit for things they just can't do and things that they won't be able to do for probably a few more years. And every time you hear it, you should be suspect of that because that narrative that Space Force has everything, they're, they're doing everything, that's not real. None of that's real. What's real is they have a mission that was already defined and they're moving that mission over from the Air Force to Space Force and they're moving other missions from other services into Space Force and they have to integrate that as well as integrate cultures. It's gonna take time and look at where we are right now. We're in the midst of an information war that's being waged against the the world, not just the American public, and they're trying to stand up an organization. It takes an incredible amount of energy to do that. So that was the first thing. The second part of it is that people make up a picture in their head of how things are supposed to go based on this whole conversation about trust the plan, the White Hats are in charge, Trump's in charge. If Trump was in charge, and this is what I talked about on my last sit rep, if Trump was in charge, I guarantee you that he would have pulled the trigger already to retake the government because we are well past the tipping point, well past the culmination point of restoring you know, law and order and good order and discipline across not just the military, but across the rest of the government. And we're talking about entire branches of the government that are compromised by, by communists, Chinese sympathizers. That's treason, folks. And, and when I... I was serious when I talked about this in my last sit rep. If I was Trump in 2020 and Mike Flynn walked into my office and said, sir, you need to sign the Insurrection Act, I would have said, what's that look like? But Trump was surrounded by swamp creatures who were giving him bad information. Just like right now, he's surrounded by people that are giving him bad information. What's, what's, what's vitally important and what would have been vitally important back then was somebody saying to him, this is going to go kinetic probably for a short period of time. But once we regain control, once we have, um, you know, cleaned out the government, we can start bringing good people in. Then we can we can apportion our forces to shut down the borders, to stop the flow of, of immigrants. Then we can start going after all these Chinese targets within our country. That's what he should have done. And I'm telling you, and I was serious when I said this, I would have issued kill orders on Bill Gates and a bunch of other people that were harming civilians. That's crimes against humanity. The president has a, a legal obligation when you talk about genocide, which is what these people have done, to go after these people. And he had the forces to do it. They were in the best shapes of their lives. 
now we're dealing with people that have myocarditis, there's trans. Do you honestly think those people are in charge? You think those people are waiting in the background? Who's going to fight that war? Who's going to clear the country out? Who's going to do that work? This is the part that is swirling around not just the alternative media circles, but it's swirling around all the alternative media sites and people latch, latch into this stuff, hook, line, and sinker. It's not, it's not real. The, here's the reality. We have to save ourselves. The way we do that is we build communities that are resilient. They have their own, they have their own ability to grow food. They have their own ability to supply themselves. They have their own ability to generate commerce, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the only way we're going to get our way out of it now. And they're, cause they're going to install some kind of a digital currency. If you've listened to the rhetoric just in the news today, Michael Bloomberg is using lawfare to shut down power plants across Eastern USA, which are all run by coal. If he's successful, that means a good swath of the Eastern seaboard is not going to have fuel. You have, you have different, um, different bankers, Jamie Dimon and a few others saying that we need to use eminent domain to go after people's property so that we can manage it and be good stewards of the property and the, the, uh, the assets in this country. That, that should scare the hell out of everybody listening to this. These are bankers that are talking about using eminent domain. And if you don't know what that is, I suggest you go look it up. But essentially, it means that the government can come in and seize your land not pay you a dime for it for the sake of community development or national development. And then they, if you look at, go look at Sound Transit in Washington State. Go look what Sound Transit did using eminent domain and how corrupt that whole system was. The, what they did was they were, they were seizing properties around Seattle under the guise of eminent domain where they were going to put light rail. And what did they do? They auctioned it off to their cronies in business and their and Amazon to generate funds so they could put it back into the light rail system because the light rail system was oh they were overcommitted they were underfunded and they were trying to get that light rail system built and that's what eminent domain that's the danger of using eminent domain and they have completely abused that now the bankers are saying that they should use eminent domain to take people's land away so they can manage it remember you'll own nothing and you'll be happy they want to anesthetize the entire country, and they have to do that under some kind of some kind of lockdown or martial law. I think all of us agree on that. What the mechanism is or the catalyst is for that to happen is an entirely different story, and it's an entirely different um, set of set of conditions to make that happen. I don't think they're going to be able to do it under COVID because they're trying to sell the COVID narrative right now. Everybody's like, "Yeah, I don't think so." Like today, free some they're free something to get your booster. I'm like, really? They're literally pushing this out in New York right now. Free COVID tests will be offered again to U.S. household to all U.S. households. They're already trying to ramp that back up. We've already established over the last two years that COVID is not lethal, but the vaccines are lethal. Every bit of that, every bit of that is nonsense. It's all fiction. And the more the clown show gets backed into a corner because of the fact that they're everything they're doing is failing, the more dangerous they get. The more dangerous they get, the more likely there is for some kind of a, a massive black swan event that could that could blow up in their faces. I 
I think we all agree. I think all of us are on the same page that we see something on the horizon. We don't know what it is, but we know something's coming. And I've heard that probably a hundred different times in the last month. I can tell you that what I see is, and Tom Luongo agrees with me on this one, that by the end of October, there's going to be some kind of a financial disruption. The one thing I picked out of those videos, uh, the, the stuff from the uh, remote viewing, which by the way, I'm just not sure I still get, I'm, I don't think I get it still, but anyway, the one thing I picked out of it is, the one thing I think they were correct about is that it's not going to be one event. I think it's going to be a series of events that transpire in rapid succession that disrupt and disorient the public, probably financial. And look at gas prices, probably there's going to be an issue with logistics, and then there's going to be some kind of a cyber attack, and then probably some kind of a kinetic attack probably in rapid succession. And I don't think it's all going to happen this month or next month, but I think something's going to start this month, whether that's financial or whether that's um, some kind of a cyber attack. I can tell you that from the cyber world, the MGM attack, this is what I know about that. I've talked to several people that are in the know there. A 10-minute phone call with tech support, literally a group called Alfie, it's A-L-P-H-V, Alfie. They're, uh, they're a ransomware group, like another group called Conti. And what they do is they ransom, you know, big corporations in exchange for Bitcoin. What these guys did, they scraped LinkedIn and they went and they found somebody from the tech support team. And they literally called the help desk and socially engineered them into getting credentials and then got into the system and away they went. And, and it was turned out as a massive breach. Now, what the, the, the fallout is from that, I don't know. But the fact that it showed up already, that that's the that was the attack surface they used. It's a very interesting conversation because normally when you get an email or a text message and it's got a link in it and they want you to click on a link, it downloads a payload and that payload infects your machine and then it scans for other things it can infect too. That's usually how that works. For ransomware, it can come a variety of ways. Either they get in and install it, or you you have an employee, or you yourself click on a link and that installs it and it, and it uh, encrypts everything that it touches. And that things things work kind of wonky at first, and then they don't work at all. And that's that's how you know your own. Why that's important is that we may see that in everyday life. And one of the some some rules of thumb when it comes to cyber because I, this was the other topic I wanted to talk through tonight. The rules of thumb with cyber, like your bank will never call you. Your bank will send you a letter in the mail saying this, or they'll send you a text saying, "Did you approve this transaction?" What I what I do every single time that I get something from my bank, whether it's legit or non-legit, I pick up the phone and I call the bank. And I have them validate everything that they should be able to see on their end before I even tell them who I am. And once they do that and I establish that that two-way communication that's that's authenticated and they've authenticated and I've authenticated, and I know I'm talking to the real bank, then I start asking them questions. And usually I find out that it's spoofed. And over the summer, I saw some very sophisticated attacks. Case in point. If you bank with USAA or you bank with Bank of America or you bank with uh, Wells Fargo, they have a very structured way of, of, of talking to you when you call them on the phone. 
first things first, you call up and they have a script that they read. You you authenticate with a PIN number and then you you um, go through some conversation with them. They ask you some questions. When when they call you back, they call you back from a number. Well, I got a first I got a text message, which is called a smishing attack. I got a I got a smishing attack, which which said fraudulent charge on your on your account. So I called the bank and the bank's like, we don't see anything. I hung up the phone. The bank supposedly called me back. It was spoofed as the bank that I was doing business with and literally looked like a legitimate phone call. Answered the phone. The guy, the guy knew my name and he was trying to, he was trying to get my bank account number. And I, I didn't, I played along. I didn't, I didn't let him know that I had just been on the bank been on the phone with my bank i literally let him go through his script which sounded authentic he missed a couple of words and then he said we saw a fraudulent a fraudulent charge on your account and i went okay what charge was that and he said well you have to tell me which account it was i'm like how can i tell you which account it was when you're the one that called me to tell me i had a, a charge which account and so i gave him the last three of the account number and he goes, well, I need the full account number. I'm like, why do you need the full account number? You should be able to see it in front of you. If you don't, then it means you're not real. Click. That's how you know. You had, what I'm trying to get to is pay attention. Don't, don't half or cursory listen to somebody that calls you. Most of the time, don't even answer the phone. If the bank wants to get a hold of you, they will get a hold of you. They'll call you multiple times if, if, if it's that urgent. I've never had my bank call me. They send me a letter. They'll flag my account. And my account will stop working. I call them. They don't call me. The other thing that you should be cognizant of is that if you look at the header information in an email, look at the email address, the return to address, before you click on anything else in the email, that will tell you everything you need to know. Most of the phishing attacks, it's called phishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, phishing. Most of the phishing attacks, which is a targeted email for you, most of those attacks show up from a a domain that looks real, a page that looks like either a bank or some kind of an institution. The newest one is they send you, hey, here's the charges, click here to get your receipt. And it's a URL that takes you to Russia and downloads a payload. Look at the to and from address. Most of the time it'll be a bogus address, a Gmail account, an AOL account. It's all bogus. If you look at the, the where it comes from, you can usually tell by the header information in the email whether it's whether it's true or not. And that will give you a whole, save you a bunch of pain. The last piece is, if you don't have encryption on your phone, if you use TikTok, if you use WhatsApp, if you use um, Signal, they're all compromised. Assume that, especially TikTok, if you install that on your phone or your machine, I guarantee you that every keystroke that you make is going to China. Meta, Facebook owns WhatsApp. NSA is compromised signal. So you can do the math there. If you're going to do comms, do comms out of band, meaning go meet face to face. Don't don't do it over over signal. Only send things that you don't care about over electronic medium. The last piece of that is you're going to get a bunch of spam and a bunch of people trying to socially engineer you in Telegram. Even at True Social now, I'm starting to see people, hey, how you doing? And I get text messages all the time. Hey, let's have lunch today. And I don't even know, don't, don't even recognize the number. It turns out it's usually Bitcoin miners or it's AI trying to get me to 
to respond so they can get a real person. And what they do is they use AI to fire off all of those text messages to a thousand people. And if they get two responses, then a live person starts corresponding. It's, it's very, very sophisticated. So you have to be on your A game. The rule of thumb is if you don't know who it is from either a phone call or email, don't answer it. If, if you don't, if you don't have any issues with your bank, they shouldn't be calling you. You call them. Always call your bank. They they usually are very, very squared away. And if there's a fraudulent charge, dispute it. And then at least once once a year or twice a year, you should check your credit report to make sure there's no new uh, credit accounts under your name. And if you can, most of the credit reporting agencies will let you sign up for credit alerts so you can see if you have any new accounts out there. It's worth your time and energy to go sign up for that, and it's free. And you can sign up for a credit alert, and you'll get... You'll get credit alerts every time you have a balance increase on a credit card or you have a new loan. All of those things will show you if something new has showed up. So, and, and no, Spud, there's no safe messaging systems. I, I've had people tell me that this this app's better than the other. They're all, assume they're all compromised and that they're being monitored. That, that's the best rule of thumb. If you wanna have good comps, Leave your phone at home and go have a private conversation with somebody. That's 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 really the best way to do it. Uh, there was another question. I want to make sure I get to it. Somebody asked me about Todd Calendar. I don't know. I don't know if he's legit. I don't know if he's not a legit, not legit. I have no idea. I I they I know Pete Chambers, and I I've talked to Pete Chambers um, off and on for the last couple of months. He's busy. He's doing. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's got his own Telegram channel. He's doing Texas Ranger stuff. He's on the border. He's traveling all over, talking to groups. He's testifying for different states on the medical side of the house. He's got a lot of things going on. What I keyed in on was the fact that I called him about it, too, was the Marburg stuff, because I've been hearing Marburg. And I think it's Todd Callender that's been saying Marburg for the last three years, and it's never materialized. Do I know if it's truth, true or not? I don't. But it... The part about that, just like the alien stuff that I that I you know dug into was, what if there is a payload, not necessarily Marburg, that's in the virus, that's in the vaccine? Is that real? Is that capable? Is that is that fiction? Is that not fiction? Yeah, that's a question I ask because I, I I'm not a medical guy. I'm not a biologist. I don't I don't know what they could put in a vaccine or not. But it it wouldn't surprise me given the level of technology that we have now, that they have the ability to do that and the amount of bio labs that they've been doing research under for the last 10 years, they probably have the ability to do that. And it would be just like the, the insidious um, parasitic elite to generate some kind of a bioweapon that was lethal to people who took the vaccine. They always tell you what they're doing and that's been in several movies that that's occurred. So you can, you can, extrapolate from that but i wanted to ask pete because he was actually in the video with with prather and with todd calendar you know talking about marburg and i'd done my research on marburg marburg is something that you have to transmit via blood so it's not easily transmittable and the the guys that were playing with that back in the, the i don't know early 1900s they all went crazy for a variety of reasons so I didn't know what the ground truth was. I, I still don't know what I believe related to that, but it's it was worth 
it was worth going down that rabbit hole and discussing what the possibilities were for a payload in the uh, in the vaccines, because we've already seen the amount of myocarditis, heart attacks, and deaths of young athletes. This was, let's face it, the vaccine was targeted at the younger generations. This was designed to destroy our ability to fight, our ability to reproduce, our ability to um, for an entire generation to grow old. And I saw this thing with John Cusack not even two days ago. I think it was posted to my channel where he's either playing a part or he's in a movie where he's talking about we're going to stop reproduction for three generations. That's literally what these people are doing. And it is literally um, happening and occurring right in front of us right now. So take that for what it is. But they always tell you what they're going to do. And that sounds plausible to me right now, especially given all the things I've seen the last week. So hopefully that helps with Todd Callender. I, I don't know the guy. I never talked to him. I have no interest to talk to him. He's probably, he could be legit. But the Marburg thing I've heard so many different times, I haven't seen it till I do, then I'll believe it. It's like the alien stuff, right? It's It's so, most people aren't shocked. They don't care. They're just trying to put food on the table and survive what's in front of them right now. I don't see I don't see the the alien thing showing up like this Project Blue Beam and all of the crap. If they have that technology and they're going to use it, I, I'd be hard pressed to know how they're going to use it worldwide. It would have to be very pointed in a very very um, a very specific area geographically, and it would have to be believable for the people on the ground. I don't know how you'd pull that off if it's all holograms, which supposedly that's what it is. I, again, it's one of those it's one of those um, nebulous theories that's been out there forever. And I, I just, I don't know if it's true or not. So that answers that question. Um, the last piece I want to talk about is what's, what's coming up. So um, I've worked with uh, Colonel Conrad and Colonel Piper to do the round table every Wednesday at five o'clock. If I don't have technical issues every Wednesday, you'll see us every Wednesday. Um, I'll do, I'm doing alternating between doing live and doing recorded sit reps on Mondays and on Fridays, if there's a lot going on, I'll do a, a sit rep. If for whatever reason, rumble goes down, I'm going to move to Brighton first, and then I'm going to move to Gab. You can find me on Gab. You can find me on True Social, and you can find me on Getter under Lieutenant Colonel Stephen Murray. And if for whatever reason any of those platforms go down, you can find me on those three platforms. And if I have to stand up, uh, you know, a, a server, I'll do that. But uh, I did that for a while, and I had 30-minute podcasts I would do every single uh, every single week. And it, people had problems downloading it. They had problems getting to it on RSS, et cetera. So what I'm leading towards here is I'm expecting comms to go down. I'm expecting them to take off, take platforms down as they get closer and closer to their quote unquote Black Swan event. And we know that on October 4th, they're going to do a test of the EBS. And then shortly after that, there should be some kind of an event. And if all of that's true, all of that happens, 
and it's not delayed, then we should see something in the month of October. I'm hearing that we'll hear, we'll see something this month towards the end of the month. It's already the 20th. So if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the next 10 days. And what I, what I wanted to impress upon this group is start preparing, start making preparations. I've been beating the drum on it, talking about it. And I know it's repetitive, but you'd be surprised how many people ask me all the time, what should I be doing right now? I literally get that question every day. What should I be doing? You should be doing three things. You should be storing food and water. You should have some gold and silver. And you should be making sure that you have a sphere of influence of people around you that you can trust. These are people you trust. These are not acquaintances. These are not um, people that you just met off the street. These are people you know you can count on. People you know are going to be there when the chips are down. And I think everybody's been through a situation where they figured out who their real friends were. I know I've been through several situations like that. And I can tell you the people that showed up were not the people I expected. And the people that are still around me are the people that showed up. So take that for what it is. But now's the time to start working on that sphere of influence and vetting people and bringing people into your inner circle that you absolutely positively trust. That's what you should be doing right now. And look, if nothing happens and everything's restored and there's no violence, everything else, fine. At least you're prepared for some kind of a natural disaster, some kind of an earthquake, any kind of a contingency, at least you're ready for that. But this, I firmly believe that something's coming. It's on the horizon. It's, it's closer than you think. And if you haven't done any preparing, now's the time to do that. I can't stress that enough. And I know most of you probably heard me say this, but the last couple of videos I've done have had, you know, 15, 16,000 views. I'm not sure where the audience is coming from, but my view count used to be like 3,000. Now it's at 15 or 20,000. So I'm saying that, saying this to that group, the group that's, that hasn't listened to me for a long time. And I'll say it again. I don't mind being wrong. I don't mind. I don't mind calling it calling it wrong. But this time, I don't think I am. So I think something's coming and it's closer than we think it is. So I want all of you to be prepared. And I'm giving you alternate comms so that you can get to me and my team when the chips are down. I, I'll be on radio. I can tell you that. I got radio set up. So I'll be on GMRS and uh, HF. So you'll get me there. But uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully we'll still have comms. I'm going to open it up for any last questions. Casey, appreciate the comments. Any last questions, put them in the chat right now. Otherwise, folks, I appreciate you jumping on. And I appreciate the, the continued support. Be prepared. Don't be, don't be scared. There's nothing to be scared of. And keep your head in the game. That's all I can say. God bless everyone. I uh, Everybody should have a good... Good weekend and a good week. God bless.